Welcome to the Imagine Place podcast. I'm your host, Doug Shapiro, and I'm searching for voices that can help inspire a more creative and courageous youth. September 25th, 2020, 9.47 a.m. My dear Doug, design is about wherewithal, having the courage and the audacity to manage and control the physical environment. A thousand years ago, when I was a high school teacher in downtown Washington, D.C., I challenged my students to find where they could be most powerful. They issued answers like force and making someone do something. Some suggested weaponry and violence. I picked up a desk, moved it by a window, and asked the biggest bully in the class who had always been seated in the back and far away from the teacher and his peers to sit at that desk. And as the sunlight streamed over him and he looked out the window, I asked him, how does that simple change make you feel? About anything, yourself, school, the day, whatever. Sitting there in the sunlight where he never sat before, he simply said, better. I asked him then, what else could he do and other students do to get to better? And then right then and there, we redesigned the classroom. Kids who had never had power over anything in their lives, all of a sudden had power to create better for themselves. Moving that desk may have changed that kid's life I know it had impact. All of a sudden, I was getting calls from parents telling me their kids were moving furniture and painting walls and asking landlords to pick up trash, getting to better. That's what design does for everyone. But indeed, it does resonate with children and teenagers who don't always believe that better is within their reach. That simple lesson is a story I tell every new employee at IIDA. So I'm thinking you may have heard that phrase about children and the power of design from Tracy. It's an enduring life lesson for me and that teaching children about design and their own power of the world around them need not be complicated. Signed, Cheryl Durst. Now, If you read the title of this episode, then you know I have a big announcement to make. Together with my co-author, illustrator, and the incredible support of OFS, we're super excited to launch, drumroll please, Curtis. Always wanted to do that. Imagine a place's first ever children's book. It's called Design Your World. And that email that I read from Cheryl became the inspiration for that story The story of Serena, a young girl who is searching for control in her life and finds it in design. Many of you know IIDA's program Design Your World, and as you might guess, our children's book shares that same mission. It's aimed at exposing kids to design, not just as a career that can make a difference in the world, but as a life tool that's right within their grasp. So today, I brought on my friend, colleague, and co-author, Maria Vandeman, 
You might recognize Maria for her work around the industry as an advocate for a more diverse and inclusive profession of design. I also brought on the illustrator behind Design Your World, one of Miami's favorite designers and artists, Kenzie Perry. Together, we'll share a little bit about Design Your World, the program, but we'll also get into the making of the book. We wrap up this episode too with a brand new take on New Year's resolutions. It's pretty clever. So let's jump right in. We'll start off with Maria, who shares about Design Your World, the high school program. Design Your World has been this amazing program through IIDA headquarters. And it really started from the need to grow diversity in the profession. There's really a lack of diversity in design. So if you look at the numbers alone, you know, 5% of interior designers are black compared to being 13.5% of the population. And I think 3% are Hispanic compared to 18.5% of the population. So there's that huge gap that we see in our industry. And IIDA saw this as a way to grow that pipeline into design, especially for diverse students. And it's an amazing thing that they brought at first to Chicago and taught a room full of high school students the basics of interior design. And it was really a powerful program there in Chicago. And this past year, where Kenzie comes in is he was the professor of the Miami location. So it happened in two different places, Chicago and Miami. And so every year they're trying to grow these classrooms where in the summer they will teach a group of students um, more about design and how design has this power to transform lives. It has this power to take students who are creative and naturally gifted in art and show them a pathway to a career and all that that can encompass. So I love that Kenzie was a part of it in Miami, and I think the students truly loved him. And I was so happy to be able to be in some of those classes to watch him work his magic on those students. That's awesome. Um, you pointed out the IADA staff and, and the work that they've done to kind of help make this successful. There's a couple unique things, though. I think one of them is the structure that they've built around it, the curriculum, the support, the chapters that can help push something forward locally in their community. They have marketing to help raise awareness around what they're doing, right? Because we want the impact to be larger than just the people that it's directly touching. And then I think they have the competency. You know, they have that staff that understands what it takes to put a curriculum like that together. So that's special. And I think I think what else is special, and it kind of touches back onto what Maria started into, which is the idea that that this gap exists, but we have to kind of we have to think about like, well, how do we how do we really think about the source of that problem? And that's actually a really deep question. Um, that source is rooted in many things that go just well beyond educational and they're systemic and there's a lot of things, right? But to be able to move at least down the stream and step out of our professional world and interact with youth is something I know that we're really proud to be able to support and help. I'd like to get a little personal. When you both had the opportunity to go in and interact with students, was there any part of this process that became nostalgic for you? I have a lot of thoughts here. Felt like 
through my school, through my um, going to college, I was always the only one. And mm-hmm. even in my professional life, you know, I felt like my background being half black, half Filipino, there weren't ever people who looked like me. And so coming back into this program and, you know, being taken back to those early years of what are you going to do with your life? I think I love the opportunity to be able to show kids that this is a path, but also create that that future of design so that they don't have to feel like they're the only ones. And so that was a, a really cool moment for me to be able to, I guess, give back but to have that realization in myself that, you know, the future doesn't have to look like that, that we're changing that step by step. And that's why I love this program and, you know, Kenzie's involvement and what we've done in Chicago. You know, you and I, Doug, have gone to Chicago and met with the kids there. And there was a really cool moment in Chicago that we both experienced where one of the students, you know, we were touring him through the OFS showroom and, showing all this these different furniture pieces and how furniture can support the workplace. And he made the comment that he didn't know anyone who worked in an office. And here we are talking about the workplace as if everyone knows what this is and design right. as if everyone knows what this is. Ah. And he didn't. And that was a very eye-opening experience for both of us. Like, wow, we're, we're not only opening doors but we're helping these kids to see beyond, you know, where they are now and what they could be in the future. And so that was really powerful for me, both to be able to kind of relive where I came from in design and growing up in this industry, but also to give back and hear where other people are in their stories too. Yeah, that, that was a powerful moment indeed. I, I remember that. And I remember Cheryl being in the room and hearing that, and just seeing her posture change as she kind of took that in, you know. Um, we have our own little designer world project that uh, that the three of us uh, can air high five on right now. Uh, <laughs> just, there, there it is. Um, so I'll share a little bit. Uh, at least I'll start the story off. And then uh, the story leads me to Maria. And then Maria led us to you. And, uh, and so we'll follow that order. I had three things happen very close together. Okay. So one one was the design your world concept and and getting to hear that straight from Cheryl Durst and what she was thinking and what her ambitions were and how important it was to introduce a career in design, especially to youth who would typically not get access. Okay. So so that's processing in my head. And then I have a separate conversation with Tracy Thomas, and she kind of illuminated one of the benefits that understanding design at a young age can do, which was control. The idea that when you're young, you don't have a lot of control over your life. You're always told where to go and what to wear and what to do, and and sometimes you can feel like the world is slipping out of your hands. It's tough being young. And she said, when you realize that design can give you control over your space and you have that power, like that's a, that's a very powerful feeling. And third was of course that very powerful email from Cheryl Durst, which still gives me goosebumps after reading it for the 10th time. 
And so right there, I was like, you know, I, I really, I, I had actually asked, I was like, sure, this needs to be a story. Um, if you're okay, I'm going to, I'm going to write a story. And that's, that's the pathway. And then um, it, I, I had trouble, you know, I, I, I wasn't a designer. I'm not a great artist. <laughs> I just, I love people. I love being around it and I know when it's there. And so um, at that point, I thought, you know, I need to team up with Maria and we put together what is now the story of Design Your World. Maria, I would love for, for you to kind of layer in where things took you. Yeah. So that email that she sent you is a perfect outline for the why of this story. And I think we tried to take that mission that she laid out and put that in very simple children's terms, right? So the book is really geared toward more of an elementary age. So we're trying to target just a general awareness of what is design? How can children be more curious about this? And so when Doug approached me, you know, I was super excited because I think the mission behind this is something that I can 100% get behind. You know, it goes hand in hand with all the diversity, equity, and inclusion that I'm very much an advocate for, but also, you know, children. And as a mother, I think that's such a powerful thing for me to see my kids growing up and the opportunities in front of them. And so I was fully on board with doing this with Doug. Um, and I love how the story unfolded with that, with that theme of control. And it's actually a concept that several people questioned along the journey of us writing this, you know, is that the right word? Is this the right feeling that we're trying to pull out of this book? But the main character, Serena, that's really her challenge throughout the story is what can she control in her life? And I think, you know, as adults and even as parents, we can all relate to not being able to have this sometimes. And so as Serena goes on this journey in her story to figure out what can she control, um, it's so cool how she experiences that design can transform and design can change her situation um, and her school. And it was a really fun process to work with you, Doug, on it. And I'm super proud of how everything came out and just taking that mission from Cheryl and the mission of um, spreading the power of design. And I think it's a story we're all super excited about. One of the fun things about the book that's different from Cheryl's story is in this book, the child becomes the hero and the teacher becomes enlightened through what the child discovers. So we took elements from, from Cheryl's story and kind of brought them into that children's mindset. Maria, did you know of Kenzie's talent for drawing and art? Um, tell me at what point were you like, hey, I have the person to illustrate this book. So I knew Kenzie from when he worked in hospitality. We had worked together for a few small things, um, followed each other on Instagram. And over the last few years, Kenzie has, I guess, exploded in his social media presence and sharing his art and sharing his story, which I followed really closely and found so fascinating. 
and he makes beautiful artwork, you know, vibrant colors, very tropical Afro influence. And I saw that and knew that he was someone I wanted to talk to, you know, being from Miami, we're both living in the same area, we'd worked together, we had that connection, you know, he was probably number one on my list anyways. Um, And then I had heard through the grapevine, that Kenzie was being, um, I guess, interviewed as the design your world professor. And so when I found that out, and I knew that we were creating a design your world book, I was like, this has got to happen. Like Kenzie can't say no to us. Doug can't say no to me. Like this is going to (laughs) happen. And Kenzie and I started talking and it was like, it was almost, I don't know, coincidence, magic, whatever you want to call it. But it was very cool how it all came together. You know, we didn't give you a lot, Kenzie. We gave, we gave you a pile of words, not a lot of direction. And we just, we just said go. And so I, I, I love what you put together. It makes me very emotional, you know, just sitting here and, and talking about how all of this started. You know, the synchronicity of life and where it takes you it's it's all a mystery and um there was a big task and big shoes to fill between being the professor of design your world and creating this book i've never done illustrations before but to know that someone believed that you can do it was was already very encouraging number one and made me feel feel like I could. And um, it's, it's amazing how the book is about control because at the end of the day, it's about bringing, you know, that idea into the physical realm, like you talked mm. about before. This is my first time hearing about that story regarding Cheryl. And uh, <laughs> when it came to the characters, I'm like, how, how do I envision these characters? You know, who is Serena? How does she look? What about the teacher and what about the other students so i started to bring inspiration into the story from us and cheryl and now to know that the book is inspired by her and i chose her as inspiration for the teacher is like beyond my like comprehension right now (laughs) (laughs) it's you were there i mean you were in your head like you nailed it it's one thing to see a book in black and white on your screen you know for months and months, right, Doug? (laughs) But when Kenzie started getting involved and we started seeing color and shapes and people, it was incredible how it all just came together in such a magical way. And I love that you mentioned the characters and the inspiration that you brought to the story, Kenzie, because there's some amazing cameos in there. And I'm super interested to see if people pick it up right away. Oh yeah. Yeah, it, it will be. It, it will be. You can if you're if you're watching the video version of this podcast, you might see some of the characters in the book. Um, I love it. That that is really cool. Is there a favorite page that you have or favorite illustration? You know, I feel like the cover of the book really came together for me and it's something that I think just blends together this excitement and joy and the buildings combining buildings from Miami and Chicago and Serena is skipping on top of the world. 
And Kenzie just so amazingly put together all these concepts that I word vomited at him. And and it's such a cool, you know, colorful capture of everything that we wanted this book to be. You know, we wanted it to be joyful and inspirational and to show kids that this is an exciting path for them in construction and design and architecture. And I think that together is my favorite page. I mean, Kenzie, actually, could you take us through the cover? I mean, she, she alluded to some of the nods in there, but that was a really thoughtful concept and so well done. Yeah, I think I think it's important to be present and to just acknowledge what's around you. And that's what I was trying to convey in the cover, mm. um, especially after learning about the background of the book. And I also wanted to incorporate Grandma's House because Grandma's House is where she get she gets um, encouragement as well to be herself and to control her environment. You know, her grandmother is her um, hero, so to speak. So it was, yeah. it was important for me to bring in lots of elements from the book to the, the front cover and just to make it nostalgic, as you had said before, so that when you do see it, it's like, oh, that's Miami, but that's Chicago and that's this. And I just wanted to create that sense of chemistry between the two. Yeah, yeah, it is. It's felt and noticeable. And I hope... Uh, the people who listen in who might find themselves with that book take notice of that cover. I have an inner kid in me that has a favorite also where uh, she's in her bedroom with her friends. And that to me is a moment and a feeling that like every kid wants to have. I was hoping the book would inspire certain things, but one of them was just to to you know run over to your room and start cleaning it and start, you know, caring for it and thinking about it differently. And to me, like that scene was, was that scene that would spark that sort of energy in a, in a kid where they're like, you know, I, I want that What what Serena just did. How do I get that? One of like the lines in the book there is that it's, it was the same room she had always had, but now it gave her a brand new feeling. And I love that idea of that design gives you a feeling And, you know, a well-designed restaurant or a well-designed hotel, you know, you walk in and you feel a certain way and that's by design. And so I think a lot of the things that we did in this book were by design and that ties back into what interior design is. Marie, did you ever think you'd author a book? I never thought I'd author a book for (laughs) sure. Um, You know, I have a funny story about when you first reached out to me about the book, um, you know, I'd never written anything before. I love writing, but I was like, co-author a book? Can Doug even write a book? (laughs) (laughs) And I go in on Amazon and I ordered your first children's book, The Frocks, and I had it sent next day. And I was like, if my kids like this book, I'm on board, sign me up. (laughs) And I read it to them that next night. They loved it. I think there's a frocks in my house, but I was like, okay, this is legit. I could write the book with Doug. <laughs> awesome. What a cool story. I had no idea. That's really cute. That's really cute. Did you make a New Year's resolution, Kenzie? Um, I typically don't do New Year's resolutions, but for the past maybe six years, I always do a, a, a vision board. Oh, nice. 
Yeah. That is such a cool, I mean, what a unique idea to scrap the whole list and do a vision board for what you want the year to feel like. Did you come up with that? Yeah, I came up with it um, maybe about, yeah, five or six years ago when I had become single and I just wanted to manifest good things in my life. And ever since I have been doing it, when I look at the vision board at the end of the year, there are a lot of synchronicities that I see. Like, oh, that did happen. Because I, I, I do try to leave it up, but I don't, I don't always refer to it. But then when I yeah. do have a chance to look at it or glance, I'm like, oh, that actually came true, you know? So um, it's just a, a good way for me to think about how I envision my life, what I want to bring into my life, goals and dreams and aspirations, um, and to be intentional. That's what it really is about. Because, you know, things vary and, and sway and you can't always control how things are going to happen in your life. But wherever you are, if you're in the flow, that's all that matters. Yeah. Yeah. And I almost feel like a vision board allows you to kind of take what you need from it in that moment. You know, whereas if I had a list of things, it's almost too explicit. I have a few friends who have vision board parties and they always throw them in January and everyone comes. And like you said, Kenzie, it's kind of loose goals, but a general mm -hmm. mission. And yep. it's so much better than a resolution. Like I'm not a resolution person, but I can get on board with having a vision and going in that direction. The world needs a vision board right now. They need a good vision board. <laughs> Absolutely. Can we get the world a vision board? Yeah. I, and, you know, surprisingly, I feel like a lot of people would have the same vision. Everyone's just so polarized. They don't realize that we're all trying to get the same thing. Right. Wow. That is a really unique statement. At the end of the day, we would have the same vision. I mean, that the same desired outcomes, right? Yeah. I we all want to so. be healthy and our kids to succeed, families to succeed, you know, equality, equity. We all want those things. It's just there's different paths to get there. And I think that's where we all diverge. Right. It's a good way of putting it. World vision board. Love it. What's your, so you don't do goals. So you did not do a New Year's goal. No. Um, you know, I have a lot of like guilt about this because I feel like people should have, you know, you should have a five-year goal. You should have a 10-year goal. And I generally do, but I don't like a hard goal because I think that your passions can change yeah. and yeah. your vision can change. And as yeah. long as you're moving forward and you're progressing, like, why do I need to keep shooting for the 10-year goal I set, you know, seven years ago? It's, it's always changing. And so I, I want to be on that path of discovery and getting better without being married to this one thing that I set in time. I remember when I was younger as well, my aunt used to tell me, whatever you write down will come true. I don't necessarily think whatever you write down comes true. I think it's almost like creating a task. Like, you know, when you're at work, you have your task, your list of things to do. And if you write it down for some, you usually aspire to do it. So I kind of, I think it kind of like goes hand in hand with like writing it down. So it's in your brain, but it's also written and it just somehow happens. I, I love that. I, I have a friend, Aaron Estabrook, and he would tell me your brain is not a shelf. 
And he said, you know, your brain is meant to wander and discover, as you put it, Maria. You know, like go discover. But when you do find something, don't expect yourself to remember it. Because <laughs> yeah. you won't. <laughs> don't, don't put it on the shelf. Write it down. Write it yeah. down. And uh, and then it's, you know, you can move on and keep doing what your brain is supposed to do, which is not remember everything, but go discover. Love it. Yeah. Love it. Love that. Well, I'm glad we took this tangent. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. All right. Um, what a fun time. Thank you both again. And so fun to be connected. I can't wait to be in person with you in January at the New Year New You. And we'll be cheersing and high fivesing to the new book. If you'd like to join the conversation, go to speakpipe forward slash Doug Shapiro, where you can leave me a question or a comment for a future episode. And if you enjoyed the episode today, we'd love a rating or review. It's one of the best ways you can help others find this podcast. For more design stories, visit us at OFS.com slash imagine a place. From OFS, I'm Doug Shapiro. Thanks for listening. <laughs>